Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 3, Episode 14. Andy Cowan and I preview the Flash's Showcase at Franklin Central this Friday. Let's hit it. All right. Maybe the most exciting two weeks in all of track with the two showcase meets coming up. Colin Altavote, Andy Cowan, CA and AC back from spring break. We'll be back tomorrow, right? Today's well, today's not the last day of spring break because we would normally have a Sunday off. That's right. We'll be back tomorrow. Now, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked as much on the podcast as we have off of it. Well, no, clearly not because we talk a lot more off the podcast than we do on. The spring break schedule for Hamilton County Schools is a little rough, right? It's tough. Uh, it, I guess it is nice that it's in between kind of or after HSR um, leading into kind of the outdoor season, but it, it can be challenging. And I'm sure it is yeah. for all schools uh, throughout the state, depending on when their spring break falls, whether it's earlier or later on in the outdoor season, but definitely provides some challenges. Uh, especially because official practice for everybody starts mid-February. So you've got maybe around a month or so to practice and you've got some indoor meets going. A lot of times it feels like you're just kind of getting some momentum going. And then uh, with spring break, it can be uh, some interruptions there, especially if you have a lot of athletes or families traveling and going out of town and um, makes it tough. Yeah. Especially with, for the, for the best kids, I don't think it matters quite as much because like you said, it's actually nice to have a, their HSR meet done and then a break and then we're back in school. So it's not like if we were out this next week, but it's a little bit tougher to not have practice for what, 10 days and then a few days of practice in this meet. But really for the, the kids that aren't going to run in varsity type meets to suddenly just when we're getting into it, getting good, the weather's finally starting to get good, although it's looking a little shaky not this week, but the week after. And then like, Hey, by the way, two weeks, essentially have no practice. Then when you come back, you have like four meets in 12 days and then that's it. But what can you do? Cause you have to have spring break or else people would go insane. Exactly. Yeah. Just try and, uh, you know, encourage and motivate athletes to run over break. Um, but it is tough because a lot of times it's the, you know, younger athletes or maybe the ones who are new to track, and so you're trying to get get them into it, and maybe they've seen a little bit of progress in indoor season. So you just want that continue to continue. But for a lot of them, they haven't maybe ran on their own during the off season. And so if they don't run over break, a lot of times they take a couple steps back, and it can be frustrating to jump back in. And especially when you're trying to kind of get them, you know, get the ball rolling and get them motivated. Um, but you just have to kind of make the most of it when they get back. I I know that I always try to have honest conversations with people about if they ran or not over break and try to make adjustments if needed. You know, if they say, Hey, I, I really have not ran in 10 days. Well, we probably should make a couple adjustments for the first couple of weeks back um, right. to try and accommodate. And yeah, the real truth is if you run every day over break or almost every day, when you come back, you'll probably be fine. If you oh, don't yeah. run at all, when you come back, there's really not a whole lot we can do for you in the next three weeks before your season ends. So this weekend, the Franklin Central, well, I guess it's a, technically it's the Flash's Showcase at Franklin Central High School. This is an old meet. So this would have been a meet when you were in high school. Yes, started up when I was in high school. 
So it started the, it would have been your freshman year. It started the year after I graduated. The first year was 2007. And in 2007, they had one race for the boys and one race for the girls. There were 13 boys that finished and 14 girls. Since then, they've added heats. We're now up to four. They've added freshman races for the boys. We're up to two heats of that. I believe there have been years where there might have been three heats. Um, they've added a four by eight and a four by four. They've dropped the four by four because the sprint showcase is, is held at Lafayette, Jeff. But this has gotten huge. They do know, Franklin Central knows that they can accommodate 88 competitors across the non-freshman, non-relay races. And some years they even have to turn people away from that from that number. So they know exactly how many they can handle um, and so on and so forth. We were recording this at Sunday evening, um, but we're going to wait to publish it until everything is finalized. But we've got a bit of a sneak peek here at uh, who's going to be in the, the Miracle Mile, the fast heats of this. And we're going to go through each of those competitors, give them a quick IR podcast shout out, maybe talk about a couple things um, heading into the meet. This is our preview of it, and then we'll do a a recap of it later it's a girl's first year right that's right ready for the girls in the fast heat there are 20 boys and 20 girls in the fast heat now that's of course some things could change right last year it was some people missed because the contact tracing or whatever somebody yeah. could you know turn their ankle on wednesday and, and be scratched or whatever but this is the lineup for the fast heat all right we're going in backward order. I don't know how they were seated. I, it, it doesn't appear to me to be random. I don't know if it's exactly like this is 20 down to one, but when you get to the top, it, it makes sense who's, who's the top. Um, from Carmel, Jamie Clavon. She was 15th at the state cross-country meet this fall, and she led off Carmel's third-place DMR at the HSR finals. Quick, quick thing to say as we get into this for the girls. So just looking at the list of names on here, uh, it looks like just about everybody in this field, these 20 girls have all ran, you know, about 515 or faster for 1600. And there are a few, you know, this meet always draws a lot of the state's best distance runners. It's awesome to see them all compete in the same distance uh, over a mile. Um, but there are some big names that are not competing. Um, so given that there's, you know, all 20 of these girls have ran, you know, around that maybe 515 or faster. It's pretty impressive that they've all done this. A lot of times for them, you know, they did this last year or earlier. Um, and there's still some names, the some of the state's best that are not able to compete or chose not to compete. So just kind of shows the 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 depth and just the quality of this meet that 515 uh, is, you know, on the slower end of this heat. Yeah, and I think, you know, Clavon is a good example of that. She could, now she's on a team and there could be, her team was second at the state, uh, HSR state meet. So this could be an outdoor state contender. And so maybe there are uh, other factors as to what she runs, but she could, if she ran the 1600 fresh, she could make the state meet out of the toughest regional, right? Definitely. Yeah. And and I know, I think last year, it, it definitely depends on the year, but last year, might've been around 510, 512 or so that, that qualified yep. out of that right, regional. So. Right there. Um, also in the fast heat from LaPorte, Brenna Sebecki. She was 24th at the state meet in cross country. 
a lot of All-Staters in this field. From Warsaw, Josefina Rastrelli. She qualified in the state meet in this event. Well, it's going to be a mile. It's going to be a full mile on Friday. Uh, she qualified in the 1600, so nine meters shorter. Um, I bet she'll be fine with the extra distance. She also ran on the second place four by eight at the state meet, and she won her heat last year. She was in the heats are seeded slowest to fastest in terms of seed times, more or less. Um, and she won the first heat last year. Last year, she was she had, didn't even run cross country um, as a freshman. She's now a sophomore. She was just kind of figuring out what she could do, right? Yeah, pretty impressive. You said she was on the second place four by eight and then ran in the it was also on the six in the 1600 that yeah. same day so yeah and they they finished second remember that that was out of the slow heat yes at the at the state meet all right there's somebody you know well so maybe you want to say a lot or maybe you want to say nothing at all the jet bridget gallagher from garen 13th at the state meet in cross country in 2020 second in the hsr finals in the 3200 she ran 10 1058 1058 so that was just two, three weeks ago at this point. Yes. Yeah. I'm just excited for her to be in, in this race, in this heat. Uh, last year she had an injury, so she was not able to compete, um, in the flashy showcase. So I guess this will be her first, uh, you know, for her first miracle mile. So I'm sure I'm just excited to see her just kind of get out there and mix it up with some of the state's best. Also in the fast heat from Bloomington South, Emma Callahan. She was a state finalist in this event last spring. Brooke Hansen from Fort Wayne Carroll, nearly all state at the state, nearly all state in cross country in 2020, 26th place. And I believe it was like a tenth of a second off. Uh, we think she was the anchor on the DMR for Carroll at the HSR meet, and they were in the top five um, a, a few weeks back, concentrated on that. Uh, this is, I think, somebody that could be very interesting to watch out for. Lily Baker from Columbus North, eighth at the state meet this fall in cross country. She was a state finalist in the 800, and she ran on their third place four by eight. She ran 509 in a dual meet the other week. 509 already. Yeah, and it in was like, it, there's obviously a lot, there's a lot of good runners from Columbus North. Columbus North won the uh, state championship in cross country. And I think there are three of them in this meet in the fast. And potentially, meet. potentially another, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could maybe even have more than that too. They've got three today, one, maybe notable all state right. runner. Not yeah. And I don't know. She, um, she did run the one that's missing. She did run in their dual meet the other day. Um, so maybe she's in another heat or maybe she's, you know, going to do four by eight. Maybe she's not going to do anything for this, for this meet. Uh, speaking of teams with multiple athletes in there from Carmel, Jasmine Klopstead, 18th at the cross country meet this fall. Um, she ran in the fast heat last year. Does it, do you think experience matters there at all? A little bit. I think it definitely helps in a meet like this only because, um, it can be, chaotic and in yeah. and uh, with 20 runners it's not quite as big as the state finals where they have 27 uh in one heat but 20 runners uh and, and 20 more post- compacted right because at the yes. state meet there's going to be some girls in there that ran 530 to qualify there's i mean someone might run 530 if they fall off the back here but they've all run like you said between 436 and 515 yeah especially depending how the race goes too 
last year maybe was a little more strung out, but you know, if it goes out a little slower or if maybe a couple girls separate, but then there's a huge pack after that. Um, I think, it, I think it definitely does matter, matter because experience, because it can be challenging tactically. If you're used to being in the front of a dual meet or a conference meet or whatever, and then all of a sudden you find yourself towards the back and then the first lap of a, of a competitive mile like this, um, it can be challenging to, to kind of get used to that and to be able to race at your best in a, against a good field like this. And I think, I think she's someone to watch out for, for this reason. She obviously has a lot of good range. So 18th at the state meet in cross country um, has at times been Carmel's best runner as a soft, as a freshman, a sophomore and a junior has, has been the team's number one runner and meets where all of the girls ran and Carmel won the state championship last year in the four by eight. And she really broke it open on that second leg. So she's, she's good from 800 all the way up to, to cross country. Um, so someone to, to watch out for her own teammate, shout out Olivia Romanek, 10th at the state meet in cross country this fall and qualified for the 1600 last spring at, at the state meet. She seems like she's one of the most consistent runners uh, that, that I've watched across the state. Just, she's just always kind of rock solid, gets better every season, cross country to track to cross country to track year, year by year. And she just steadily improved to, you know, where she's now one, one of the state's best. You said 10th in cross country and last year ran, I think around 5'10 for 1600. So yep. she Runs just got better. better every season. Um. I think what's interesting about her would be a lot of you, you saw this when you coached at Carmel too. There were, there were like top distance runners who thought, well, I can't, I'm not very good at the 800. I can't do it, but you can do it. If you continue, right. You might have a bad experience one time, but get, getting your 800 time faster is going to help you over 1600 and 3,200 and, and really potentially even into cross country. And she ran, I think 224 in our meet we had a dual meet against HSC a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's, that could be a good sign for her going into this, into this meet as someone who's clearly more of a distance runner rather than, you know, 400 or 800. Um, then two more teammates we talked about. There's a lot from Carmel. There's a lot from Columbus North, Catherine Rumsey uh, from Columbus North. She was a score on their state championship team this fall and qualified for the state meet in the 3,200 last spring and her teammate, Brianna Newell, nearly all state this fall she ran on their third place four by that lily baker was also on and qualified in the 1600 at the state meet last year and ran in the fast heat last year so not necessarily one of the top top end runners but kind of someone with a lot of accolades definitely very accomplished and rumsey's somebody who uh primarily i think has ran the 3200 and i think maybe missed some time in cross country too so she's been kind of steadily improving throughout indoor and ran 11 11 yeah her indoors this year so it'll be interesting to see how she can do in a 1600 um and then newell has been yeah kind of done a little bit of everything um and i don't know and, how uh, much we'd ever talked about this maybe on a podcast or two maybe i didn't want to talk about because it, it hurt my feelings but rumsey's ability to come miss a week or two weeks or whatever and her ability to come back and run solid at the state meet, maybe not the best race she's ever run in her life, but just to go out and give a really, a really solid effort, a really good run 
that's what won the state meet for Columbus North because the Carmel girls ran really well in Terre Haute and North just held them, held us off. Yeah. She showed up and got, I think when she came back, she just got a little better every week. Um, and that throughout her, the tournament races she ran and was definitely a difference maker for the team. So, so a lot of really accomplished athletes, but I think there's kind of a, a Mendoza line, a Patrick Campbell line here between you know, the, those, those kind of stars or secondary stars from Carmel and Columbus North and the rest of these girls. So on the other side of that line, Kendall Martin from Burbuff, 16th at the state meet in cross country this fall, 10th the year before, eighth in the 3,200 last spring. She ran in the fast heat last year. This is someone you know pretty well from conference affiliation, right? And just general geography. Yeah, we see uh, we get to race the opportunity to get to, get to race uh, with Burbuff a lot. And Kendall has ran well this indoor um, season, running low 1040s at a national meet. And I think she ran lo like lower mid 50s in one of the Indiana runner meets indoors already this year. So she's someone that could potentially approach that five minute barrier, something that I'm kind of, I guess, curious. Um, just thinking about how many girls in this uh, race in this heat will go under five minutes for the for the mile for the full mile or for for like sixteen hundred once you convert it uh, on Friday. Right, I think that we could see like a five hundred one point two. It's like oh, so close. No, actually, for sixteen hundred, that's under, and probably that's really what matters is once once we do the math. You mentioned I, I was going to ask too, and you answered my question. This is why we brought you here, Paul Pierce. Um, like would it be crazy if she ran under five minutes and you basically had said, no, I could, you know, I could see that happening. No. You, yeah. You said her at the Indiana runner meet, she was five Oh five at the distance showcase, February 26th. And then in, in the 10 forties, right. 10 41, I think 10 41 is that's better than five Oh five 10 41. I think is better than five minutes. Right. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, she maybe prefers the the 3200 as probably shown by just that that's what she ran last track season on uh, the state tournament but has been kind of steadily improving in the 1600 as well so I, I would expect I guess one of the things that I'm most curious about too is just how is the race going to play out what's the weather going to be like at whatever time that um, fastest girls heat you know goes off and yeah, maybe how many girls can get close to or under that five minute barrier. Um, but I could see it for, you know, six, seven, eight girls. I think it could be a lot. I think it depends on, like you said, it depends more on how the race goes out than the weather. It looks like the weather's going to be pretty decent. Maybe it's a little bit windier at the beginning, but once the sun goes down, the wind dies down as well. Um, so I think, I think any of these girls we're going to mention now are in line to potentially break five minutes, um, including Clara Crane from Edgewood. She was 18th at the state meet in cross country in 2020, and then fifth in the 3,200 last spring. She ran in the fast heat last year. It seems like there have been at times availability issues. I don't think we saw much of her indoors. And um, they don't, she, she was in and out of the lineup, I think in the cross country season but uh, she's entered in this one and I think she's entered for next week in the 3,200. So she's available now. And when she's 
when she's on, she's certainly one of the 10 best girls in the state, which is no easy task right now, right? Definitely true. Did you say she's approached five, but not maybe not gone under yet, but she's been pretty I close. And I think she's track. been close. She, she might've done it last year. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, I think she was probably right around there and maybe around 1030, 1040 in the 3,200. All right. If we're going to talk dark horses to win, I think this is one of the two most likely to challenge the state record holder who's going to be in this race. Kaylee Politza from Valpo, 13th at the state meet in the fall of 2021, 11th at the state meet in cross country in 2020, runner up last year in the 800, also ran on her team's four by eight, third at this meet last year at the, at the Flashes Showcase, number 23 all time in the 1600 and number eight all time in the 800. Um, and like I said, she was third last year. She's, she's not the favorite, but she's got a, she's got a shot, right? Yeah. I mean, I think definitely for her, she's somebody that probably has a little bit more speed is more considered an 800 meter runner, but she's ran, I think 452. So that's right. probably top 25 ish all time for yep. girls in Indiana. Number, but, number 23. Okay. There you go. So but but also has ran under 210, I think, it, it, a number of times. So she's somebody that, you know, has some range and has some speed too. She's ran 57 already in this, in this track season and indoor. She ran that yeah. at the beginning of the indoor season. So she's somebody that could, could challenge and maybe, who knows, maybe go under 450. The, the number of girls that can – run 57 in the open 400 and finish all state in cross country <laughs> twice it's pretty limited i think there's two of them and i think we'll see them both in this race and i think i, I think those could be the top two and they're the top two returners from last year uh jaden serencione from floyd central she was 24th in the state meet in cross country in 2020 she was 10th at the state meet in this event last spring she ran in the fast heat but it feels like with her, she's kind of turned the corner recently. And I, you know, looking at some of her indoor performances, there was a host of girls that, that have broken five minutes already. Let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And she was one of them. She ran 456 for 1600. So it was a converted from a full mile at the mm -hmm. Eastern Relays in mid-February. And then she anchored Floyd's winning DMR team. Yeah. Much to the delight of Scott Lidskin. That's right. So it. And assuming lot, she probably, she probably under, split yeah. five flat or under in that winning relay. I yeah, had to have been somewhere along those lines. Yeah. If she, I mean, she's, she's going to be in the mix up front. Let me check next. Okay, here's somebody else to watch. I think I'm not going to predict her to win. I don't know that I'm going to get into predictions. Feel free to on your end. But I think this is someone who absolutely could win the race. Addison Canablo of Homestead in Fort Wayne, the real up-and-comer right now in the state. 
She was fifth in the state cross country meet this fall. She broke the all time indoor state record for 3,200 meters. She ran 1012. She's number four all time in Indiana over 3,200 meters with that 1012. She ran 455 indoors. And I, I got to tell you, from watching her run a handful of times over the last year, she, she's not going to be scared. There's not a race. There's not a, a high schooler that she would run against who she thinks can beat her. Like, she will go for it. It's impressive, uh, her improvement in the past year. I think she ran, she ran close to 11 minutes as a freshman, um, kind of worked her way down towards, you know, but, but she didn't even score in the track season last year in the 3,200, she qualified, um, but has had a little bit of a meteoric rise, uh, kind of into the cross country season and carried that into this indoor season. And now to the point where, you know, you're talking about her potentially winning, uh, this race on Friday, which is pretty impressive considering there's a, the all-time state record holder in this in this race. But to her credit, she you know recently ran 10:11 and and beat her, so she she definitely deserves consideration. Um, but it's really impressive how much she has improved. And I think um, I even saw an interview where she, where she said herself that she was surprised with how you know how much she didn't even couldn't didn't even think that you know, she would be where she is now. Um, so it's pretty awesome to see that. And, you know, I'm not sure what her best, you know, mile or 1600 time is. I'm assuming it might even be just because of how much she's improved. It might even be, you know, that it's, 455 it's, split. Yeah, four, um, she ran, uh, well, she ran 455 equivalent at New Balance Nationals. Okay. Was that indoor this year? Yes. And then okay. she also ran 455 on the, her anchor leg of the right. DMR, the but DMR. that came after, after the 10, 11, 10, 12. Yeah. So right. <laughs> I, I think there's the, the most logical explanation of this race. The most reasonable prediction would be the best girl in the history of Indiana. And it's not even close, right? She's like six or seven seconds ahead of number two all time. It's in this race. She's going to win. She didn't win. She didn't win last year, but she's going to win. But I think there's also, you know, if you subscribe to the multiverse theory that we're living in a place with millions and upon trillions of, of alternate universes, I think there's a few of them where Canablo just charges and no one can keep up with her and runs away from everybody at the end. And we're just kind of looking at each other at the end. Like, is this, is this the new, you know, is this the new queen of the state for distance running? Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I, I think it certainly is. Yeah, from my vantage point, I, it, it seems like, you know, Addie Wiley is kind of the queen of, of mid-distance in Indiana. And I would right. say until she's beaten in, you know, a mile or 800 that, you know, she still is. So I would expect her to come out, you know, winning on on Friday. But you never know. I think it'll be, I think it'll be competitive. Even the idea of, it being a competitive race up front, which would be exciting for everybody, including the athletes. But even that talking about that with someone who you said has ran, you know, six seconds faster than anyone ever in state of Indiana is, is crazy. But I think that's what we might see on Friday. So Canabo beat Wiley. It's been what, three weeks now, two weeks now. 
uh, at the HSR finals. How much stock do you put into that since it's not the same, since it's a longer distance? Uh, I mean, it's, it's not, there are definitely different races. I mean, even though I guess it's twice as long and she beat her by a couple seconds. Well, this is going to be a full um, mile. So technically I think, it's a I think little even, less than twice as long. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, I think, I think I would say the thing I would take the most stock in would be looking at their day overall and seeing that Wiley still ran 449 on that dmr anchor and canablo ran crazy fast too 455 but right in this i think that, did i think i would game. give that you know the edge to wiley even on that alone right. but but th- that you know you can't you can't fake a 10 11 i mean if you can run it if you can run a 10 11 in the 3200 regardless of where or when it is you got to be able to run on a good weather day you know if it was indoors she was fresh i, I think there's no way she couldn't run 445 or faster in the 1600 and that would be maybe even a little conservative well well it sounds like those are kind of the the top the top two maybe we've maybe even said the the two of the top three we haven't gotten to wiley yet she'll be in the race uh next bailey ranta from chesterton 12th in the state cross country meet this fall ninth in the 3200 last spring and i believe she did not run in this race last year and then we can kind of talk about these are two kind of similar, um, certainly geographically, um, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of their accolades line up. Karina James from Lowell, sixth at the state cross-country meet this fall, state champion in cross-country in 2020, uh, East Bay National finalist. She was sixth last year in the 1600 and fourth in the 3200. She had, besides Wiley, maybe the most impressive day of anybody with those two events uh third in the hsr finals 3200 so she was another 40 seconds or so back from canablo and wiley Mm -hmm. also maybe this is a geographic thing it's got to be hard to get down from chesterton or lowell to these meets but she also didn't run it so this is a really good opportunity for us to see we have not really seen these two girls against top level competition at this distance, at least in the last couple of years, really the last three years, right? Because one season got canceled. We didn't see them last year. They both, um, I guess we did, we did see James. She was sixth at the state meet in the 1600, but it wasn't the only thing she was doing that day. So mm-hmm. this will be, yeah, they, they could both be like 450. Yeah. And, and Bailey is somebody who, um, first of all, shout out because she was a all-star camp uh move up run champion last summer so there i think go. that's a few definitely fueled her success probably her most accom- <laughs> not actually but uh but one. she's she's improved quite a bit since last year i know last year she kind of i would say was kind of starting to enter the you know you know she she scored in the in the 3200 but she was kind of starting to enter that upper echelon and carry that into cross country but she, in my opinion she's taken another leap in the track season to where now she's consistently running under five minutes. Uh, and last year, I don't, I don't think she did. I don't think she was that close to breaking five. I mean, she was mostly focused on the, on the 3,200, but and I think so. she ran on their four by eight. I think okay. she ran on at the state meet too. Yeah. And they scored, they scored, I don't know what they were, but they, they were like six they or were seven fifth or sixth. Yeah. in the, yeah. in the four by eight. So 
she had that double going for her, but still like already this year, I think she's, I think she's broken five, at least three or four times um, this indoor season. Yeah. She ran 454 and that was early February at Spire. So Mm -hmm. I mean, oversized track, but it's still smaller than the track she's going to run on this Friday. Um, And she, I know she ran on their four by and then anchored their DMR and she ran 505 on the anchor, their DMR and that four by DMR you, you notice this from the HSR meet that four by DMR double is substantially harder now than it used to be because there's not a ton of rest in there. So for her to come back 45 minutes or 60 minutes later and run a five Oh five, she, she will be heard from on, on Friday. Yeah. And, and James, I mean, James to be, you know, those, those top two girls got ahead of her, um, at the 3200 but she was six last year in the 1600 and the yeah 1600 is probably probably her second best event i think the 3200 is her better event she was fourth last year on the double yeah I, which I think she'll be in it as well it was a warm weekend yeah oh my gosh 450 yeah. 452 1038 double on last year at the state meet so Nin- she, 90 degrees and that was yeah. like air temperature it's one of those ones like you watch a you know a football game in alabama in august and they're like it's actually 130 degrees on the field like it right. it, it must have been like that um all right and then our, our top seed two-time 1600 state champion probably would be three-time 1600 state champion going into her senior year but one of the seasons got canceled uh, she also won the 800 at the state meet last year. She's a state record holder in the 800, 204, and the state record holder in the 1600, 436. She was second here last year. Last year, she did go to the sprint showcase and then came over and ran the mile here. Don't know if they'll do that again. Um, last year's race, Zoe Duffus from Carroll ran away from Wiley. Wiley just couldn't reeler back in at the end kind of similar to what canablo did in the 3200 a couple weeks ago um 445 95 for the full mile last year for toughest i'm pretty sure that's the record wiley's the top returner obviously she was second Polizza was third and 456 for the full mile so will anyone challenge Wiley? i think we kind of got into that already i think yeah i think some interesting things at play though you talked about last year. <laughs> Some people may not know she ran a race earlier in the day. Right. Did she run the 400? I think she ran the 400 at the sprint. She ran the, she ran the open then, four, came back, ran the came, mile. And those schools second. are those schools are not super close. Was second in that, you know, maybe it was part of the overall training plan for the whole season, the whole track season. But what you bring up that is interesting, though, is what if, you know, maybe she does that again, that probably has some sort of impact on her performance in the mile. But regardless of that, I think something that's interesting is looking at how that 3,200 played out at the HSR me. And then also how some of the 1600s that I've watched Wiley run in, um, she hasn't always, you know, hit the front and led those. So I would almost look for somebody else. Maybe it's, you know, Canablo to lead early and for Wiley to try to make a big move late. Um, I don't know if that'll play out, but, but that's something that will be interesting to kind of watch up front is the tactics and 
who takes the lead, how fast, you know, is it from the gun and, and who goes with, if there's kind of separation from the, the main group of girls. Um, but yeah, just something interesting. All right. Here, here's your, this is where I really started making a name for myself. I called the HSR finals a few years ago and I said, Hey, who's somebody to watch out for? I got it. It's this kid named Alex Fry. He goes to North Central and Alex Fry finished third. And before that, nobody had really you know, heard of him. He didn't have much of a name for himself. Here's your Alex Fry moment. Who in this field do you think really surprises people? Um, so I'm going to say, <laughs> I love this because we don't know anything about, you know, these girls training or maybe we've seen them race a couple say, times. I would say we don't know anything. You, yeah, so I've been to school, three just, of them, and you're the coach. Pure, of spec, pure speculation. Obviously, you're not going to pick one of your own. We're not going to pick one of our own kids, but yeah. Right. Um, so I'm going to say somebody maybe to look out for who I would say a lot of people would not expect to be in the top half of the, you know, the, the heat on Friday is Lily Baker from Columbus. Oh, you took, okay. You took mine. I think that's like my like dark horse candidate that like she, she breaks so, five minutes for the full and we're like, Whoa. Yeah. So I think she's only, I mean, I guess you said she had ran 509, which I didn't know before yeah. the podcast. You said she ran 509 in a dual meet. I had seen, you know, I had, I guess, seen that she had ran maybe 511, I thought was her best 1600 time. Um, but she's someone that has, you know, gotten better each season. She's someone who's on uh, an awesome team uh, and was on there, you know, four by eight, ran 216 last year in the track season at the end of the track season in the 800, the open 800, made it to the state meet in the 800. And really improved as a distance runner in cross country finishing in the top 10 and i think was their top girl in the state meet um in cross country so columbus north they've got a lot of stud girls um and so maybe sometimes you know she kind of gets lost in that mix um i know they're probably more focused on team anyways as they should be but she's somebody i think that could surprise maybe run fat you know (laughs) chop some decent time off her her personal best and could maybe mix it up towards the front half of that group um on friday okay so that's yes we're in agreement that was who i would pick too i think prior to this season she was clearly someone that enjoyed running the 800 she ran on the four by eight she made it to the state meet but she's we've always said that like uh, most high school kids are probably in the wrong event and almost every kid would benefit from stepping up one Scott Litzkin theory. Yes. And this would be like the, the next logical step of like, well, yes, she's good at the 800. I don't know what she's run, 220, probably 218, 216, whatever. So the next step is yes, but then she got a lot stronger and finished eighth at the state meet in cross country. Running under five minutes is, is kind of the next step among her, her rise, mm-hmm. her rise to stardom. Although, I mean, she was eighth in the state meet in cross country. So she's, probably already there um all right well hey we'll take a break and we'll get to the boys all right state championship winning coach scott litzkin shares his perspective on what it takes to achieve excellence in high school cross country while addressing the mental and physical elements of distance running scott provides details about how to create successful teams 
Additionally, he addresses how he overcomes pitfalls to achieve the peak of success as a high school cross-country coach. His teams have won four Indiana State Championships and have competed at the Nike National Cross-Country Championships three times. The book is only available on Amazon. Search for Scott Lidskin. And we're back. Okay, we're going to go through the boys' entrance into this fast heat. Now, last year's race, Lucas Guerra of Highland held off Reese Kilbarger's stump to win in 409.13. There are seven athletes returning from last year's fast heat. Uh, we'll get into who a lot of those boys or all of those boys are. And there are, as there were 20 girls into the fast heat, there are 20 boys, and their accomplishments are no less impressive in the totality of them. Now there's no state record holder yet in any event like the girls have um, across multiple girls. Uh, but there's a lot of all state performances, state qualifying performances over 800, 1600 and 3,200 meters. So Drew Hogan from Goshen, he was 12th at the state cross country meet this fall and he was ninth. He medaled in this distance well a little bit shorter I don't know if the nine extra meters are going to help hurt him or not help him uh ninth at the state meet in the 1600 last spring Charlie Schumann from Carmel shout out seventh at the state meet in cross country qualified in this event last spring um finished a few seconds back of the medals at the state meet at Ben Davis Alex Hooten Evansville Central uh, he's run 928 over 3,200 meters this indoor season. And I think he had maybe not necessarily at the state meet, but had some very, very good performances in the cross-country season. There's two guys in this race that I just don't know a lot about, and he was one of them. I think he's also ran 421 indoors for 1,600. I think an early meet in February, okay. he ran 421. So somebody... I think that's improved quite a bit from last year. I know he ran 15, I think 1530 in cross country and finished, you know, fourth or fifth in the, um, I guess it'd be Brown County semi-state. Maybe he didn't run as well at the state meet, but I think he's somebody that's kind of taken off and kind of and is I, emerging into I this think level. Like, of I think around 421 is about the time because I think Drew Hogan ran 421 at the state meet last year. Charlie's mm -hmm. best time was 421 last year. Yeah. Now you're saying Most Alex Hooten ran 421, that that's kind of the cutoff yeah. for this, this fast heat. And then there's a couple who maybe don't necessarily have a fast, fast 1600, but got in by virtue of their performances over other distances that it would just kind right. of feel weird not to have them in the fast heat. That's exactly. Just, that's our speculation. Uh, from Fort Wayne Carroll, Preston Sloffer qualified for this event last spring, and he ran in the fast heat last year. From Burbuff, Krishna Thrunavukarasu, thrice All-State in cross-country. He was third this fall. He was eighth in the 3,200 last fall, or last spring, rather. And he's run 908 over 3,200 meters already this season. We don't know what his fastest time over 1,600 is. Do you know off the top of your head? If I said 425, would you say about that? Maybe a little slower? Yeah. Yeah, probably around there. I don't know. I don't know if he's really, I think the biggest thing with Krishna is he's never really kind of like raced it when he was either in his best shape or raced it in the best environment where he was, you know, against the biggest competition and he was really zeroing in on that. I think that's the case with a couple of 
these runners, like if they really gear up for the open eight or the 32, then they maybe have a really crazy good 32 time or open eight time. And maybe if they either didn't run flashes or they didn't run as well at flashes, or if they were coming back or battling sickness or illness or whatever injury, then maybe they don't have that mark, that really impressive mark in the, in the 1600 or mile. He's someone who, you know, is maybe geared more towards cross country and 32 anyways, but he ran 908 for 3,200 very recently. So he's right. got to be able to run a fast 1600. Another athlete like that maybe doesn't quite have the fastest um, time, but he's in this event and he made it to the state meet in this event last spring. Uh, that's Asher Probst of Noblesville. He's a junior. He was also third at the state uh, HSR finals in the 3200 and 917. That could be somebody I think that might pop off here at this meet. He's gotten a lot better just over the last several months. Um, Garrett Hicks from Hamilton Southeastern, 17th at the state cross country meet this fall state finalist in this event and ran a really good race at the state meet as well in the 1600 and his teammate Bennett Du Bois from HSC, obviously because they're teammates, 21st at the state meet in cross country. And he was a state finalist in the 800. We had three Car Carmel girls in that fast heat, three mm -hmm. Columbus North girls. Yep. We've got three HSE boys in this fast heat, all of them, all state level guys. Um, some really, some really good athletes. Braden Hinkle from Franklin Central. Uh, he's Franklin Central's best runner, nearly all state this fall. He is a junior. Um, and he, this is a guy I could definitely see running under 420 for the full. Yeah. He was a star as a freshman. Just kind of, yeah. Worked his way up. Nate Killeen from North Central, 15th in the state meet in cross country in 2020. He won the second fastest heat last year. He outleaned Charlie Schumann right at the line. So those guys were first and second last year. He was a state finalist in the 800, and he's already run 419 this season. He did that at the at the UK meet. I think I think there's a chance for a couple. There's a couple guys who maybe have ran. You know, you said 420, 421 was maybe around what the sort of cutoff was. But I think there's going to be maybe a guy or two in here who is maybe around who has ran around that that all of a sudden, you know, runs a 415 full mile. And Nate Killeen is somebody that I could see that happening to. He's already he's ran 419. And anytime I've watched him race, he's a gritty racer. He puts, you know, he gets him, he's very, you know, competitive, gets himself up to the front. I've seen him have a, an awesome, you know, close, awesome finish in quite a few races he's been in. So he's somebody I could see kind of battling up towards the front um, and maybe closing really hard in that last, you know, 200, 300 meters. This is another guy we don't know a lot about, at least I don't, and that's Nolan Bailey from Bloomington North. Our speculation is there, Bloomington North was second at the HSR finals right in the DMR, and they had a big anchor leg that kind of burst away from the pack and probably split something really, really fast. And I imagine that was Nolan Bailey. And he's he's into this fast heat by virtue of whatever he split at that one. 
which looking through the seed times and speculation would lead me to believe that for 1600 meters was probably under 420. And Bloomington North had a ton of good guys in cross country. So, you know, if he's their best guy over 1600, he's got to be pretty good. <laughs> Kai Connor from Westfield, 10th of the state cross country meet this fall. He was also the fastest leg on Westfield 748 relay three weeks ago. And he ran in the fast heat last year. Kai is somebody that has a ton of, a ton of range. He's, I mean, he ran, I think he ran 920 in that 32 showcase last year, but he's also ran who knows what his best split is on the four by eight. He's also ran, a, you know, kind of focused on the eight at certain points in time or being on that relay. Westfield always has such a good four by eight relay. And at the same time has been a stud in cross country too. So he's somebody that, that could be in the mix um, on Friday. Matt Newell from Columbus North, thrice all state in cross country. He was 12th this fall. He ran 417 as a freshman. Sophomore year was canceled. He ran 417 again as a junior. Um, did not make the state meet, didn't finish the race or even start the race in the regional round for whatever reason, but um, probably would have been a state finalist last year and, and right around somewhere around the medals. Um, he did run in the fast heat last year. Yeah. 417 is a freshman. He's had some, seems like he's battled a lot of adversity has definitely, I think sort of risen to the occasion as far as like being able to come back and help out his team in a lot of different situations. But that's probably, you know, maybe, maybe some just kind of unfortunate timing with maybe injury or illness. Um, has maybe led to him not quite running as fast as he could have. Like you said, last track season, he was running well. He ran well at the mirror that the, at this showcase and then didn't end up getting to finish out the track season. Um, but he's somebody I think that's kind of a little bit forgotten about um, just because, yeah, totally agree. I mean, he, he, he's very accomplished. He's on a great team and he's somebody I think could kind of reintroduce himself um, as far as being, the state's best in the middle distance races um, because yeah, like you said, freshman year, he came out and qualified for the state meet as an individual. Um, Nearly scored. Three, so yeah. I mean, 417 and that finished like 11th, but most years 417 will get you a medal. Uh, right. 155 split on Norse state record four by eight relay indoors Recently, at the HSR yeah. finals. Uh, we're getting into the heavy hitters here. Will Conway, a sophomore from Floyd central. HSR champion over 3,200 meters, 907. That was just a couple weeks ago. Um, he was fifth at the state meet as a freshman in the 1600. Last year, he won the freshman race, and which was essentially a photo finish. Uh, I remember standing there right at the line waiting, waiting to figure out who won. Um, he's really burst on the scene here just in the last two or three months, right? Yeah. It I would mean, be a stretch man. to think he could win, right? I mean, I, yeah, I think it's kind of how high, how high is up for him. Um, he is just a sophomore, but he's been, I mean, winning that running that nine Oh seven, which was an awesome race against Jack Moore. Um, but winning that HSR 3,200 and, and having scored in the 1600 last year as a freshman, which is, you've talked about it, how difficult that is. Um, I think he's going to be up in the mix and 
I'm I'm guessing he's, he I'm guessing he he believes and his coach you know that he can run with the best guys in the state. I'm sure he's going to put his hat in the ring and try to run with you know those those top those junior junior and senior guys. Um, I'm sure he's going to mix it up and believes that he can can race with them and have a shot. He's kind of like Canablo. They're both sophomores too, and that like he's not going to be scared. Mm-hmm. he'll run the race and if guys are faster than him then so be it but he won't be scared to run against these guys and it i don't know you know the history too well but as far as being a sophomore in the 1600 how many sophomores have won or um won the miracle mile or been in the top two or three but a name that maybe comes to mind is someone like you know jason christ is a sophomore right he was you're going way back yeah we're, we're digging back a, a decade, but in honor of it being the Flash's uh, showcase. But somebody who burst onto the scene and was, right, you know, second in the 1600 as a sophomore. And all of a sudden, I could see that same type of thing for, for Conway where, you know, he's finishing right at the front on Friday. Ezra Burrell from Burbuff. He was the HSR champion over 3,200 meters for the small school, seventh at the state meet in the 1600 last year. And then maybe his big kind of coming out race as, as a legitimate top state elite guy. He was eighth last year in the fast heat. I think he ran like, it was either 417 for the full or a 417, 1600 equivalent. Yeah. And I running well was. now because he just 417 full mile. And that was, that was probably this. I mean, one of, but that might've been the surprise performance of the day. Just kind of, if you peruse results and said, whoa, but he backed it up with the, you know, scoring in the 1600 and has ran well already this track season with that winning the HSR 3200. So he should be ready to uh, mix it up on Friday. I mean, most of these kids, we haven't talked much or at all about the next week is the Carmel showcase over 3200. Yeah. Most of these kids ran in it last year and they'll be back. They'll be back the next week. I guess not necessarily back. It's in a different location. Uh, Nolan Satterfield from Hamilton Southeastern, 11th in the state cross country meet this fall, ninth the year before state finalist in this event last spring. He did not compete here last year. He did run the Carmel showcase, but he did not run the Franklin central showcase. So this will be not necessarily his first time ever, but um well, I guess he would have run it as a freshman. If he didn't run it last year, they didn't have it as sophomore year. Yeah, he's focused on the 1600 last track season. Uh, he, believe he he anchored their DMR, which won HSR recently. Don't know what he split, but he he was there, you know, on the winning team, anchored their DMR. And it wasn't a been, crazy split, but it was pretty steady. Yeah, and that's that's what he's been. He's just been consistently one of the state's best over, in cross country and in track. Um, so we'll see how he does Friday. Abe Ekman from Jasper. He was fifth in the state meet in cross country this fall. The year before that as a junior, he was 12th. He qualified for the state meet in the 3,200. Didn't medal. He did not compete here last year. I don't know what his anchor was at HSR finals. That's what he ran. And I, I know they came from pretty far back and he was really closing the last 100, 150 meters I was watching because my team was trying to hold him off. But I think it had to have been under 420. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to run a PR on, on uh, Friday because he's spent most of his time focusing on the 32 and he's improved a lot since last year. 
that fifth place in cross country amongst some great guys, uh, uh, other guys. And he was, he was close. Uh, so I expect him to, to run well and definitely improve upon his, his best 1600 or mile time. I don't want to get too far ahead to next week, but I, I fancy him as someone that could run yeah. nine minutes the next week. Have a show. Yeah. That that's what I'm thinking too. So, and I'm sure that this, you know, racing this fast mile, who knows what he's going to focus on, but let's say, you know, with that fifth place in cross country, you'd think maybe he's wants to focus on the 32 again. He did the, you know, scored in the 32 last year. I'm sure that running a fast mile, regardless of how, how well he ends up, how far up towards the front he ends up on Friday, that fast race is going to help him a lot. If he's going to go out in four 30 um, in the Carmel showcase a week later. Speaking of Carmel, Cole Matisson from Carmel, shout out. Thrice All-State in cross country. He's a junior. Fourth this fall, third the year before that. Second in the 3,200 last spring. He has the number 14 all-time performance over 3,200 meters in state history. Uh, he did, so those, most of his accolades are in longer distances, right? Cross country, was, he was fifth at uh, Foot Locker Nationals, East, sorry, East Bay Nationals, East Bay Still a Company. Well, so is Foot Locker. Um, like I said, most of his accomplishments over longer distances. However, he, in that four by eight at HSR finals, he did have the fastest split out of anyone. His team didn't win, but he his 151.8 was the fastest split by, I don't know, a few tenths of a second over um, a person we're going to mention here in just a second. He was sixth in the fast heat last year. I think it's safe to say that Cole has not ran his best 1600 or mile yet that's that's he is not very safe quite to me. he has not quite raced up to maybe where he has over other distances and so this he's had, he's will, had many fewer opportunities because last year in the 800 and the 3200 in the tournament and that's probably the biggest reason why but this will be an awesome opportunity for him to really show what he can do uh in the 16 slash mile and you could talk about it more at another point in time, but it could maybe provide some information for their coaches as to, or maybe they've already decided, but as far as what he would do in the tournament a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one of the draws to I'll, I'll steer the topic away from my own, not my own kid, my own athlete um, to the overall, which is now that we have, a showcase over a mile and a showcase over the 3,200 that this gives coaches, assuming everyone goes to both or a lot of people go to both, this does give coaches an opportunity to see for some of these state elite kids. Um, and, you know, two of them are on contending teams too. And that there are three of them, four of them, I guess, um, between Columbus North and Carmel are on contending teams and that changes plans or affects plans even more but you get a really good opportunity to see consecutive weeks, fresh race. What can you do? And that's why everyone should go to both of these showcase meets. Um, Cole Raymond from Laporte. He was sixth at the state meet in cross country fourth last spring in the 1600. So there were those top three guys and Raymond just held on to them for as long as he could and didn't necessarily have enough in the last 200 meters, but ran the perfect race for him to finish really high up. He ran 412 and he did run in the fast heat last year. He's really good. 
really good. 414 and 412 in consecutive weeks last year. And he's also ran, you know, 916 and plays highly in cross country at the state meet. So got a lot of range. Um, and if he's healthy, ready to go, he's going to be in the mix to win on Friday. Here's a fun fact. His name is Cole Raymond. His first name is Cole. His last name is Raymond. Did you know that Cole Matisson's first name is Raymond? I did, but I think most people don't know that. Probably. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know the Madam Ants thing uh, last time on the pod. There you but go. I did yes. know that Cole's Cole, first name is Raymond. Cole Raymond and then Raymond Cole Matisson. If you're at the meet and you yell, let's say we're, we're 400 meters in, you're like, let's go, Raymond. You might get both of them to look over at you. You could just say Cole, too. <laughs> yes. All right. And the favorite, Reese Kilbarger Stump from Columbus North, state champion in cross country this fall. He was second in the 1600 last spring. He anchored the state record four by eight at HSR in 152. He has the number 16 all-time performance over 1600 meters. He has the number 12 all-time performance over 3200 meters. And he was second here last year, just off of the meet record. The meet record is 409.13 for a full mile. Is that in jeopardy? What? Say that one more time. The meet record, 409.13. So is that, that in jeopardy? Last year. Yes. It has to be. has to be. I would imagine so. Yeah. And Reese has been, you know, he won that cross-country state title. Um, he's ran well over every single distance has a lot of range, but he, I guess has been kind of knocking on the door of being the best in track at an event. And last year in the flashy showcase, he was battling it out with Lucas in the 1600 last year at the state meet, same thing. Uh, so it'll be exciting to see him, uh, you know, trying to prove himself as, as the state's best in, uh, the mile. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How many boys do you think can win this race? In the sense of a normal race happens, not, you know, like, well, anything could possibly happen. How many boys um, do you think have a realistic chance to win? Maybe three or four. Okay. That's even higher. That's higher than I thought you'd say. All right, you ready? Here's your Alex Fry moment. Who surprises in this field? Take that however you want. Okay. In terms of I'm gonna surprise. I'm gonna kind of take it. Could it be a surprise thing. winner. It could be a surprise. Yeah. Like, didn't think he'd finish eighth. Whatever. Yeah. Who's gonna be this uh, year's Ezra Burrell? I'm saying my I'm just say Ezra Burrell now. Yeah. My my won. surprise for the for the boys side is uh, Asher Props from from uh, Noblesville. Okay, like you think he could finish in the top six? Um, I think I think he can. He I think he will finish in the top ten, okay. and I don't think he's expected to. I think I, I think he probably has you know one maybe one of the slower, uh, sixteen hundred PRs, but he's somebody that I've seen race a lot, uh, and he's just been steadily improving. He's been kind of on the rise, um. And with that 917 last year, making it to the, he just kind of snuck in there, made it in the 1600, the state meet. Um, 
had a disappointing end to cross country. Hasn't yet been all state in anything, but I think this is the year where he kind of breaks out. He finishes all state in whatever event, 16 or 32, whatever he kind of decides with, and then carries it on to having an awesome cross season next fall. So I think he's my pick to maybe surprise some people run a, a decent PR and mix it up. Um, maybe finish higher than some people are expecting on. Yeah. On Friday. Okay. Here's mine. A Beckman from Jasper. Every year when we have this, there's either a surprise winner or a surprise, like on the last lap, like into the mm. last hundred meters, someone that's got the lead last year, it was Reese. We yeah. knew he was good, but we didn't. And that season before had been canceled. And I think in cross country, um, uh, he had a really good cross country season. He was third that year, um, or fourth, he was fourth, but we didn't really think of him as an elite, elite state guy at that point yet. Right. And then he right. runs Gara, who we knew was good. He runs Gara to the line and then he nearly won, which at that point, then later he'd run 152, um, and was among the favorites in the 1600 and we knew he was good. The very first year they had it, you probably didn't go. Well, you, did you go watch Tom run the, well, I guess they didn't have a freshman race that year. Curtis Carr won. And I think he might've won the state meet in the 1600 that year, but he was like the surprise winner. It's like, how did he right. beat Jason Christ? How did he beat Deshaun Turner whatever? Right. I mean, he was the only seven true seven footer in the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now we know you don't just, he, he wasn't actually that tall but you don't just post you, him up by the you basket kind of exaggerate, you can let him play all you, over you exaggerate people's height when you're younger right so right. when i was in when i was in high uh, maybe a freshman in high school curtis Carr looked like he was seven feet, feet there tall was the year you three. might not have been in high school there was the year austin mudd won and we had thought of him as just an 800 guy he finished like 80th or something at the state meet in cross country that fall like he, he made this statement but barely and he won and then he went on to run four flat for 1600 um gosh i'm trying to think of some more examples of these types of guys drew gamble when he he yes. was kind of more of an 800 guy yes he, he won that. one year um yeah there just been there's one every year they don't always necessarily win but there's just jesse hamlin almost won one year and matt shadler caught him at the end there's one kind of like Total breakout race from somebody. Now, A. Beckman's already really good. He was fifth yeah. in the state meet, but we haven't seen something over 1600 that if there's, there could, he's my pick for the guy that like with 150 meters to go has the lead and maybe one guy catches him or two guys catch him, but he runs and you're like, oh my gosh, I did not think he was, he would run, you know, four, 10.5 for the full. Mm -hmm. So that's, I'm calling, I'm calling my shot there. Because if we were to say, you know, especially those top three guys that we listed, oh, they're going to run well. Everyone expects those guys to run well. Those are the more established guys. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. You ready? Miscellaneous minute. Okay. The Pacers offseason is upon us. All right. I'm going to throw out three trades. You are now the general manager of the Pacers. Oh, wow. Okay. You're either, either going to take them or you're going to say no thanks. Okay. Okay. Here's the first one. I'm going with these are these are outlandish, which is okay. All right. Would you do a package of Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and the Pacers first round pick from this year, 
plus the Cavs pick that they have that could be this year, it could be next year, or it could, could turn into two seconds for Damian Lillard. Mm. Would you do that if you're the Pacers? I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Only because Dame's been out, injured, and I hope he's not, but I think he's maybe on the decline. And I don't think the rest of the team can be good enough to where the Pacers could really contend. He would help. Right. He'd make them immediately better. But how far is he? are they going to go? Are they going to make it to the second round of the playoffs? So I'd say no. Okay. So you're you're more of like an all-in, like yeah. try to build a contender. You, you Either know try I'm to not. be really bad or really good. Yeah, you know I'm not like that. Oh man, I had I had a I had a second one and I just can't remember what it was. But the other one we've we've talked about. We never got around to talking about it when we went to dinner last week, earlier this week. But here it is. You ready? This was okay. this was suggested by Zach Lowe. And I've looked, I've looked into all of the picks for this other team. Okay. The Pacers give up Malcolm Brogdon and Buddy Heald to the Los Angeles Lakers for first round pick in 2027, first round pick in 2029, the rights to swap 2026 and 2028 first round picks. So essentially if the Lakers are, these are unprotected. If the Lakers are worse than the Pacers in 26 or 28, the Pacers can do the, the Brooklyn Boston Celtics thing and say, you got the second pick, we got the 18th pick, flip us. And Russell Westbrook. Would you trade Brogdon Heald for Westbrook's contract plus two first-round picks and two potential other first-round picks? Yes. Okay, I would, I would do that. Here's why I would do it. Russell Westbrook has been a great player, but I think he really helps the Pacers do what they – it seems like they're trying to do, which is not be good. He helps them be bad. And there's a decent chance it's tough because the Lakers are the Lakers. They're always going to attract free agents, but there's a chance that they could be a little bit decimated a few years down the road, or at least for a short period of time. So those picks could turn out to be really good. And uh, then it frees up cap space when Westbrook would go off the books. Uh, and it provides a little bit of excitement too. Uh, he's definitely worth the price of admission at games whether you like him or not. So I'm in on it. Okay. So Zach Lowe had said like, Oh, whatever team does that would buy Westbrook out. Mm, okay. And I, I would not do that. I would not, I do it with the caveat right. that like you are on our team. You are making $48 million this year. You are coming off the bench and you are going nuts when you come in the game. That's all we want you to do. And if he bulks at that and says, he's not going to, he's not do coming it, off the, he doesn't want to come off the bench then you're not making $48 million, Russell. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give you, I hate when people say it, it's like, you got 48 million reasons to do something. It's like, well, a dollar is not a reason, but I'm going to give you one big reason to do it. And that's that direct deposit comes once every 26, 26 times a year, once every two weeks. And, and guess what? Those direct deposits are worth like $1.7 million. You're going to do what we tell you to do. And if you pull a Ben Simmons and don't come to practice, guess what's going to happen? The same thing that happened to Ben Simmons. 
and we'll see you in court. And you can try to get your $20 million, but you're not going to get it because you didn't do your job. Uh, I, got, I got one more. It's not as exciting. I should have let off with this one, but I couldn't remember it. The Pacers have the Cleveland Cavaliers first round pick this season, provided that the Cavaliers make the playoffs. Say that if they again. Don't, the Pacers have the Cavaliers yes. first round pick, but it's protected so that if it's not, if the Cavs don't make the playoffs, the Pacers don't get it and they get it next year. Right. But if the Cavs don't make the playoffs next year either, and it ain't looking great for next year, that then the Pacers never get it and it turns into two second round picks. Right. Do you trade Cleveland, sign and trade? Do you trade Cleveland that pick back or that asset back for the rights to Colin Sexton, who's who's going to become a free agent? No. Okay. But you, you, you and I are doing the, we're doing the full rebuild, Russell Westbrook, get those other guys off of our books. Cause I, I, I'm not thrilled with paying. I'm not thrilled with paying $45 million per season for two more years for Brogdon and Heald. We get that off the books and we just have to eat Westbrook's deal next year. I'm really excited about some of the moves the Pacers have made in the last year. So my, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little cooler on some of that than you are. I'm not, I'm not giving into the whole, like the whole internet Twitter thing of like, oh my gosh, look, we got Jalen Smith and look at, look at Halliburton. He's out there. Tyrese, though, no, Noah's, Noah's, in Tyrese. Uh, no turnovers with like 30 assists. Like, uh, cool. We lost 12 games to end the season. Yeah. We're like one in 23 in our last 24 years. I believe in Tyrese. He can be the, maybe the second or third best player on a, championship or conference Great. finals team in or, or he could be the best now. player on the worst team in the league which is what he is right now right but that's exactly what the organization it seems like is trying to do so yeah no that makes sense at it. all right man that was a minute and it was very miscellaneous all right hey thanks for coming on i will see you on friday Th- thanks for having me again last thing i want to say uh was not uh paid or told to do this but i heard i read very recently that scott litzkin has a book yes that just came out yes and you heard the ad in the middle of this well you didn't because oh wow see i I didn't even know that but i'm gonna further endorse it i'm looking forward to buying it and reading it uh so you guys should too awesome all right thanks for coming on thanks for having me